Deeper Darker Variety Show. My name's Ashley, and today my special guest is producer Eric. Hi, guys. It's actually not a special guest. It's an unfortunate fact that Casey is out because she has to work late tonight, and our recording got pushed back because I was attending a funeral and also making a gigantic asshole out of myself in Southern California. <laughs> so I love this story so much. But yeah, it's been funny that we started the season and then like I went out of town for 10 days, you were out of town for a week, and we wonder why our uh, recording schedule is messed up. Yeah, well, I mean, everything's messed up. The world's messed up, so our shit's going to be messed up too. Right, and it's the holidays, but at least we're going to try to record something and put it together and... <laughs> Have it out for you lovely three listeners out there. <laughs> we hope you enjoy it, all three of you. Hi, Rigel, Christina, <laughs> and uh, Jamie, for super fans. So I was in Southern California for my grandfather's funeral, and while I was down there, one of my favorite punk bands from way back, like I, they weren't the first show I ever went to, but they were one of the first few. And I've seen them at a ton of venues. I was big into them. Last time I saw them was in 2008 when the Showcase Theater closed. And I thought, oh, hey, I'm going to go see them. She has been talking. Let's hold on. I, I know the enthusiasm you had for this show. You were in. This is what you were looking forward to. This was going to be the highlight of your week down there. Like, because granted, you're going down there for your father's funeral, which is sad. Grandfather, but grandfather. Yes. But then you're like, how I can also take this great opportunity to see narcoleptic youth as just a, like an add-on for already it's not affecting your schedule at all like you're already going to be down there like you were so excited yeah it was me and your husband talked about how excited you were for this uh show it was perfect it, it was it wound up i was staying in a hotel uh near i was in seal beach because the, all the stuff was basically going on in Huntington. And I, it was like this, the show was in Lakewood, the Regal Inn, which is, it was right up the road, it was right up PCH. It was a no brainer to go. And it was not in some skank ass part of LA where I would have had to worry about myself or my father's nice car and which I was driving and I get there and somehow within my normal routine of drinks, I wound up super drunk and had to lock myself in my father's car and barf everywhere and i passed out and i woke up and it was two in the morning <laughs> didn't somebody from the band recognize you yeah yeah so so from my other from another side project i have going i'm trash punk possum if anybody wants to look that up on instagram or tiktok or any of the other little things that i'm doing <sighs> yeah one of the guys from the band recognized me and <sighs> I didn't even get, to, I didn't get to see the show. And I know. Didn't even get to see the show, the band you came to see. And like one of my favorite bands ever. I've got six narcoleptic youth patches. I, I, we went out of our way to, we went to the chain reaction to see them. No one goes to chain reaction. That fucking place sucks. And they were, <sighs> recognize me he knew who i was my life sucks it sucks <laughs> it sucks all those weeks of anticipation and i, I couldn't even nothing. find anybody to go with me and i was gonna do it anyway <laughs> i'm i'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> and i didn't even drink it was nowhere near the amount like i i'm not a i'm not a I get buzzed easily, but I don't get drunk easily. Eric, 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 producer Eric knows he's partied with me many times. Like, I hold well, my Well, that own. was my uh, first question was, was it my birthday 2019 level oh. or? No, the, your birthday was way worse. <laughs> that was because I got crossfaded. So. That's a whole other story for no, the whole other okay, Patreon. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Let's do that now. You can cut that out. You can put this shit on the Patreon. So, so use that as you will. But. <laughs> To get on to our topic today, so we kind we kind of got we 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 chose poorly. All of us chose poorly in our lives to wind up here, and we have both. It was supposed to be Casey's week, so I also have nothing prepared. So we're going to give you little bits of bullshit. 
little it, improv. Little improv. I went to the Art of Banksy, oh, yeah. the unauthorized exhibit in San Francisco. And yeah, no, for how big of like an F you that Banksy does to the art world. Yeah. Because he's just like street guy. Yeah. And the fact that he's still anonymous after all these years and whatnot it's is really also impressive. amazing. I think it's his uh, printer. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that guy's just printing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but like you go there and it's already unauthorized and like all the pieces of art are pretty much talking about what's actually going on in the meta sense with this whole exhibit to begin with. Because uh-huh. this is just this guy's private collection where, you know, he's collected all these Banksy's and now he wants to make some money back from having it. So now he's having a, his own exhibit of Banksy fucking shit. But I did notice, though, that um, I got about half... Because it's pretty much just you just walk through this path and they have this different stuff up on the walls and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And... Um, I'm going through and I see a little rat just on the wall, like not anywhere near the lights or anything is rat said number four. And, you know, I wasn't going to pay for a program to be explained anything stupid going on. Can like, just I'm, give you a program? No, they're charging like 25 bucks for them. What the fuck? I know. Fuck this commercial capitalization of Banksy. So we're going through and I notice this guy and I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. A little because he's. Rats is a big uh, yeah thing for him, and then like I look like around the corner or whatnot, like pretty much in like the next area, and I find another rat number five, and yeah. I'm like, oh shit, I'm already five deep, and I didn't catch the other ones, so I go back and catch final or I find two and three. Yeah, I can't find one because I'm but because I can't go too far back. Yeah, because then I'll be out and a whole bunch of other stupid shit. So. I catch back up, I go, and I find all 13, I believe, through it. And then once I got out and around in the front, right when you go in is the number one. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I want to know the story behind them, because obviously there's 13 ones, they're numbered. I'm sure they're like uh, numbering off sections, but there weren't consistent in when where they were placed, and they were not never really placed in like a well lit area. Okay, because it was kind of dark anyways, and it just had the lights on the specific like art pieces, uh-huh. but it'd be on part of the wall that was was dark. not was dark. So interesting. That was that was my favorite part. Was looking for all th- uh, thirteen rats. Yeah, it's kind of like the hidden Mickey's at Disneyland, mm-hmm. but you know, not. Oh. Uh, no, uh, you have an update on one of our previous, uh, of a week. (laughs) So we did talk about Josh Duggar being popped for child pornography. This was a federal case, mind you. Uh, also I I remind you being that one of these, there was a shit ton of this pornography. That's actually a legal term. Shit ton, shit ton of child pornography. Uh, and one of the authorities on the case had said it was the, one of the worst cases of child pornography he'd ever seen, including a very infamous video involving an 18 year old little girl and a child. And also in addition to that a child of five months being sexually abused is how young these children were of the, of Josh Duggar's, you know, ew, ew. Yeah. Ew. 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 Why would, just the fact to be even like to download that, like I mean, because he's just that yeah. disgusting, and it's one of those things. Like obviously, like one, I'm, I'm having been sexually abused. I was already pubescent when I was sexually abused, and I'm not saying that like obviously it's not okay to abuse children whether they're pubescent or not. But I, at least with pubescence, there's some sort of understanding of things. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. I just. A pubescent child has sexual characteristics and a prepubescent child does not. And I can't see like a a bit. It's just, it's a baby. It's a baby. It's just a baby. It's a precious little baby. Like like, I don't even fucking like kids. And I'm like, but it's a precious little baby. Like, like, just that somewhere, obviously multiple people find this kink to be a thing just to be able to even 
make it. It's well, I mean, just ton, like, this whole yeah. and and getting all this shit off the dark web and and uh, it's hor it's horrifying. Mm -hmm. It's a whole horrifying thing. But he was found guilty. Thank God. Uh, each count that he was found guilty for, which I can't. This article I'm looking at now doesn't say what that. But anyway. Oh, it must have just been two. Okay, so each count, each both counts bring a maximum of 20 years in prison, which means he can be locked up for up to 40 years. But, of course, let me also point out that his father is running for Senate in Arkansas, Jim Bob Duggar. And, of course, this is on the Family Values campaign, which we all know how many... I mean, they love their family values, They certainly obviously. do. And by family values, I mean diddling their children. Right. Ugh. So he was charged with receiving and possessing child pornography. And he, this trial lasted all of three fucking days. And uh, they they basically locked his ass down for that. So, uh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, via, statement via people. By the time the jury began deliberating, prosecutors and defense had painted two totally separate portraits of Duggar. Either he was a sophisticated criminal seeking out depraved co content about children, or he was a naive local businessman and homeschooled GED unwittingly exploited by somebody else. Jurors had to decide who to believe. Their verdict comes about two years after Homeland Security agents first searched Duggar's wholesale motor cars in 2019, seizing two personal devices and a work desktop that became key to the case. So can you imagine him like on top oh, of having that? I can that... absolutely imagine him doing it at work. Yeah, and your yeah. gross ass boss is in there fapping mm -hmm. to child porn. Oh, Jesus man. Christ, dude! Being a old uh, computer repair guy, oh, I have seen some nasty ass shit on some people's uh, computers. Oh, I bet. Um, and then, yeah, they you know they spend hundreds of dollars for me or like my boss to clean it off. Like two days later, they're like, it's all back again. Cause you went to the same dark web fucking website. And not yeah. What at you're this doing. point, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. We, there are plenty of, of safe places to get pornography online. Like right. plenty of, like, it's not like back in the day when you're kind of, you don't mm -hmm. know what's going on and any, any, any site you might slip onto might fuck your whole deal. But right. this whole thing, like, especially if, and if you're on the dark web, you're seeking out shit, but yeah. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So. Let try me, therapy. Yeah, try therapy. Oh, no, we can't do that. Especially Josh Duggar can't do that because because of the Jesus. Now, mind you, he, pray, well, he prayed real hard to get rid of this. He prayed real hard. It didn't go away. Well, I'm sure he did. Well, I'm sure his uh, pastor has, you know, will be visiting him daily at oh, jail I'm sure. at first and trying to talk him through because they have to do something. I Just imagine like in uh, the birdcage. Where the political father is yeah. just losing his fucking goddamn mind because <laughs> his fuck off son isn't fucking. No, 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 no. The, politi the political father is the girl's father, and he was on a. I love oh, no, no, but still, just that whole concept of like a parent uh, having some delinquent ass fucking. No, that's not how it went. Shut up. The point, so the, the senator is on a family values campaign with another fucking senator. That guy, the other guy, is, he has a heart attack while having sex with an underage black prostitute. And this was like some like white family values campaign guy. And he was having sex with like a fucking 13 year old, I shouldn't even say having sex. He was raping a 13 year old black girl. And so he, this guy is like, oh shit, my campaign's going to shit. And at the same time, my daughter wants to get married. And then they can't find out on top of that, that the daughter's prospective husband is in a My Two Dads situation. Yeah. And by the way, the birdcage is amazing. I love it. I love script. Great cast. Great. Everything. I love that movie, except it upsets the fuck out of me that that the son, I can't remember the name of the character in the movie, mm. but that he puts Robin Williams and... Um, Oh, the son's a complete piece of shit in the movie. It breaks he's my heart. Like he has because they are hustling for all day. They are and if wonderful you, people, two yeah, wonderful people. A little bit of honesty would have gone a long way. That's what the movie basically shows. It's basically, it's yeah, a yeah. little bit of honesty goes a long fucking way, even if it's scary. Yeah, well, and there's <laughs> there's a character arc because yeah. at first he's afraid and he's not, and he's gonna he puts his poor auntie through all of this. Why can't I remember that actor's name? Puts 
Uh, Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. God, Nathan Lane. What a fucking um, treasure. Puts Nathan Lane through all of this. Just, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, God. And fucking, what's his face? Hank Azaria. Oh, Hank Azaria is the, uh, their, uh, little man boy <laughs> servant thing. What do they call him? Ag- oh. Agador Spartacus? Yeah, Agador Spartacus. Uh, he won't he, wear shoes. He can't wear shoes. He can't wear shoes. They try to put shoes on while this very conservative Republican Sander is coming over for dinner. And he's just tripping and falling all over himself oh. the entire time. <laughs> oh. oh, God. And I have well, like, I can't think of a single quote and I can quote that movie so well. There's one of his specifically that I use all the time, too, and I can't think of it right oh, now. And yeah, putting them through all that. But again, there's the arc of if he's yeah. at first he's trying to hide. And then at the end, he has that fabulous gay wedding and there's all those drag mm-hmm. queens there. And like, is that Bob Dole? <laughs> like, Bob Dole could get it. Like, Oh, Bob Dole just died. He did just die. Bob Dole did yeah. just die. <laughs> Bob Dole's not going to like this. <laughs> That's all I remember. I just remember Bob Dole, and I remember him from uh, basically the cartoons of the day from Animaniacs and all that kind of stuff that that kind of dealt with it. And from that that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, which I have referenced on here before. So Josh's (laughs) wife has stood by him this whole time, and I want to point this out because she just gave birth to their seventh child. It's a a little girl named Madison. Their other children are 12-year-old Mackenzie, 10-year-old Michael, 8-year-old Marcus, 6-year-old Meredith, 4-year-old Mason, and 2-year-old Mariella. And this is the motherfucker who got to be on house arrest during this shit. And he's supposed to, his wife's supposed to be there when he's with those kids. But his wife has been taught her entire life to be subservient to men and has no backbone. So, of course, she's, ugh. You know, his wife is a victim as well. And, ugh. Ugh. So yay that he's going to jail. And I briefly want to read uh, a statement from his parents because I want to, I want to point out how fucking mad this statement made me. These stupid pieces of shit that they are. Uh, fuck, fuck tw- 21 kids. However many fucking kids, 18 kids, 21 kids, whatever. Fuck them. Fuck that family. God damn. They are fucking garbage. And fuck you, TLC, for giving them a fucking platform. Fuck you, TLC, for, for monetizing the exploitation of children everywhere uh dance moms all those fucking things that shit that shit is fucking disturbing anyway let me read the statement from jim bob and michelle duggar this entire ordeal has been very grievous today god's grace through the love and prayers of so many has sustained us our hearts and prayers are with anyone who has ever been harmed by csam parenthetical child sexual abuse material in the days ahead, we will do all we can to surround our daughter-in-law Anna and their children with love and support. As parents, we will never stop praying for Joshua and loving him as we do all our children. In each of life's circumstances, we place our trust in God. He is our source of strength and refuge. Thank you for your prayers. Now, let me point out, our hearts and prayers are are with anyone who has ever been harmed through CSAM. Makes it kind of sound like they're also saying that Josh is also a victim of child, uh, as though child i'm just gonna uh because i don't like the word child pornography is kind of is a kind of a gross term it's not pornography pornography i don't know can imply some kind of consent this is child rape material looking at children being sexually abused but so that is a correct thing but it's like the way they said it kind of sounds like it's like that josh was you know tempted and like if it wasn't for this being out there he was a victim of the material exactly The, the, the material is just nasty and well, now they're going to shield his wife and kids. Well, they all, they always say that kind yeah. of shit. These people know how to work the media. and I, But the whole statement just reeks of just hollowness and like yeah. false promises. Which well, which yeah. could would pretty much cover the Quiverful and that family in particular. Like even in that family, like if you go on, oh, speaking of the Reddit subforum, Duggar Snark raised over $5,000 to uh, donate to child... I can't remember the exact charity, but, but to, to, for children who have been abused by, mm-hmm. by these sorts of things for victims. And it was just really cool. So Duggar Snark comes up with all this, this thing. And there are people on Duggar Snark who will talk about how like, Hey, we live out there and we know for a fact, you never leave a kid near Josh Duggar. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's a fucking, he's a, mm, mm, mm. and he's going to go to prison. And I hope he has fun at the prison. I hope you have so much fun that you die. I said, that was a nice thing to say. I hope he dies of fun. 
<laughs> fun times. Oh, he's going to have fun times of the penitentiary. Well, unfortunately, he'll probably be in uh, not solitude uh, with protective custody. Uh, yeah. They're not going to let. He's too well known to be let into True. Gen Pop because they, they, they will kill him. But as her pedo Jared from Subway, oh, Subway yeah. Jared. He's been in the pokey, and uh, they he's been in in protective custody, and somebody from Gen Pop still fucked him up. <laughs> so let's hope that Josh has, meets lots of friends, friends, oh, and have fun. He's gonna <clears throat> find God, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Hey, and bonus points to us for not making any jokes about him being raped in prison because rape is still horrible. And let's right. not. I don't want him to be raped per se. I just want him to have. Fun. So, fun times. So I'm going to basically be blathering on about Vietnam for a while. There's a couple things I want to cover to start with. And this is mainly because I argued with somebody on the internet over this. And some fucking dude with a communist picture of a waifu on a stupid ass thing told me to stop simping for the war machine. He says it's not very punk rock, which number one, let me cover that. I'm just because I, I love punk rock. I love the music and I love the clothes. And I love a lot of things about it, but I am not a punk. I am Ashley. I have my own views and I don't worry about what some stupid ass subculture is going to say or think about the things that I do because I do what I want and I have my own set of morals and they're not necessarily uncommon morals. When I talk about having empathy for, I, I'm obviously usually talking about American soldiers because obviously I've grown up with this stuff. So I, I understand the, these men as people, but I'm also talking about pretty much soldiers everywhere and everyone who's there. It, it's a very, as we've said on here many times, it is a very complex situation. And a lot of people were forced to do what they had to do by other people in power. That's an unfortunate thing. Like my dad didn't, dad wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to go over there and kill anybody. And there wasn't that fervor that there was during World War II where we had an enemy that we were pissed at. No Mm -hmm. one was mad. Like my dad's not mad at the Vietnamese. He didn't go over there to fuck the Vietnamese up. He did it because he thought that was what he was supposed to do. And you have to remember things too. When you, when you discuss this, a perception from a time that is not here anymore. People used to trust the government. This was before Watergate. This is, before all of these horrible things are exposed, people trusted our government to generally, I shouldn't say people, I should say white people, just so we're clear, black (laughs) people knew better, I'm sure. But white people trusted the government. And we, you know, our, my father and all of those young men who were in Vietnam, most of their fathers went to World War II or to Korea. And they... This was a population that celebrated what they did. And and you thought you were doing the right thing and you had no idea what you were walking into. And once you were there, there was no going back. So you either survive or you die. And that's literally all it comes down to. And none of us who've sat in our nice, comfortable homes or anything know what we would do when it comes down to the point where you either kill or die. Mm -hmm. You either do fucked up shit or you die. And I want to say... Hey, you know what? I wouldn't do that. I would rather die, but I don't fucking know. Right. Because I've never been there. Saying I would be tested first before you know yeah. what will happen. Saying I would rather die as like a kind of a first world sort of person. And we do kind of say we all we all use these big flourishes of, of term. Mm. And saying I would rather Americans love their hyperbole. Yeah, yeah. We're we're very dramatic. I'd rather die than do that. I'd rather die than do this. We all know, you know, that's not necessarily the truth. And I'd rather die is a statement that None of us really understand. You can't really, there, yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who get this, but even I don't get it. I don't fucking know. I don't know what it's like to have, to have death literally staring me in the face. You know, mm-hmm. that's crazy shit. It's crazy shit. Finer points of why Vietnam happened is super complex. There is a book called the Vietnam experience. No, that's, that's a collection of books. <sighs> What's that fucking book? It's on the shelf in there. Uh, basically, you have to understand Vietnam. You have to understand Vietnam's long history of being an occupied territory. You have to understand how Vietnam, Vietnamese politics work, how people, how their hierarchy works. There's very specific hierarchy in villages and, and, and in larger areas and how things work. It's different from us. They, they, they operate differently from we do from, from the way we do. And you have to understand American politics at the time 
that Kennedy had got into this and then Kennedy's assassinated. And so Johnson has to carry this through. So now Johnson has this, uh, this whole shit on his head and then Nick, you know, Nixon coming in and, and, and finishing it off. Oh, honey, you're seeing Krusty everywhere because you miss him. I had the same thing happen to me when Lyndon Johnson died. <laughs> I just think it's so cute that Marge missed LBJ so much that she saw him everywhere when, when, when he died. Like, oh, I saw, I saw LBJ at the bus stop today is how much I miss LBJ. Um, I mean, because this whole right there with, like, uh, Candy, Candy... There was a lot of shit going on when Candy was president. Like, yeah. We had Russia making a lot of moves. Yeah, Cuban and, Missile Crisis, Bay uh, Pigs. McCarthyism running rampant yes. over here. And the beginnings of our propaganda machine of today was like first starting out and forming out. And what information got leaked, how it got leaked. Yeah. Like, um, this is the days of MK Ultra, I believe. MK Ultra was starting. It might have been under Johnson. Yeah. But this is just a general like picture of America into this situation. So at the beginning of the war, you're having this this gung ho thing going on still, but it's not like a, a typical war. Like with a this is a war of attrition. So like basically, a policing effort. We didn't invade North Vietnam. We weren't we weren't moving forward through territory and claiming this territory and claiming this territory and claiming this territory. Like like mm -hmm. in think of it in terms of, of World War II. Yeah. Starting out starting out on the beaches of Normandy and working your way fucking in towards Berlin. Right. And you're you're gaining this territory. And once you've gained this territory, this territory is liberated and is now your fucking territory. Well, in Vietnam, that's not how shit worked. You're you're policing South Vietnam. So there's this hill. And the Viet, the Viet Cong are all through the cell, which, by the way, they dug those tunnels a long ass time ago. They didn't dig those tunnels for the American conflict. They dug <laughs> those tunnels through for the French and all this shit. So they have all these tunnels. They are, they are, this is their backyard and they are in their fucking hill. So you spend 500 guys, whatever, 50 guys, 200 guys, whatever, to take this hill and you get all the Viet Cong out of there and it's your hill now. And then. You just leave the hill and the Viet Cong go right back in there. <laughs> and then you go and have to get Start the hill again. <laughs> and it's this constant game and, and the generals want to look good on paper. So because they want to look good on paper, they'll send your ass out to die knowing you will die. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you've seen Apocalypse Now, they're, they're talking about this last bridge this before you get into Cambodia. And it's important to the brass that we can say we have a bridge in this last little bit before you get to Cambodia. Right. But the, the, they're blowing the bridge up every night. Every single yeah. night they're under attack by rockets. They're blowing this fucking bridge up and they rebuild it every day and the Viet Cong destroy it every night. Every single fucking night. And it's driving these fucking people insane. And that's, that's just people stationed at bases and you're going through all this shit and you're, and you're gaining ground and you're losing ground and you did real good. You got, you got this particular area to be, you know, nice mm. and, and safe, quote unquote. And then the... Just lose it again. And the the Americans have also installed a puppet government, of course, who, and he, that guy is where we started president DM. Yes. The president DM is, is a bastard and is killing, having people killed. It's a whole mess. And okay. So the basics is the French hold Vietnam. They, the v Vietnamese don't want the French there. They haven't wanted the French there. And the French have been there for a while. Right? For, yeah. This is an old colony. Uh, Vietnamese and French is very, t very much merged. And so World War II happens. The Japanese take Vietnam from the French. Uh, the Japanese are, as we have talked about, a notoriously brutal occupying force. Just awful. Yeah. I mean, uh, occupying forces are never particularly kind. But yeah. the Japanese have been noted for their, we'll just say hardcore. They're, Japanese are hardcore. They're hardcore yeah. people. And so they take Vietnam, they hold Vietnam, and the, the Vietnamese themselves help oust, with, with the Allies' help, helps help oust Japan. So mm -hmm. the Vietnamese have, I would say, especially from an American perspective, won their freedom, so to say. Like, right. this is kind of, I mean, is that kind of not what we did to the English oh, ourselves? America loves, you know, providing freedom to other countries. Yeah. Obviously. We're all about it. Yeah. But see, this so, yeah, is the, they're the, just bringing democracy to Vietnam. Quote unquote. 
with the end of World War II, basically, you would think, again, America being an, uh, supposedly anti-colonialism, uh, you'd think they'd be not wanting to do this, but they basically give Vietnam back to the French. So the Vietnamese are trying to, to deal with this whole fucking situation. Ho Chi Minh, as the leader, was educated in Vietnam. He wanted the, the speech he gave at the end when they had pushed out Japan was very much based upon the Bill of Rights. He very much wanted a democracy, but America is completely ignoring Vietnam and the, and the, the autonomy of the Vietnamese. It's more about establishing. Well, yeah, because they're a French colony. Like, yeah, then they don't. They don't. We can't fuck too much with an ally. Yes, yes. Especially when, well, and it's interesting because we just saved their asses. It's like, oh, it, well, because yeah, we're trying to make them whole again. Yeah, how they were. Fran France is an important before. ally, even yeah. even if they unfortunately had had already been. Um, I mean, the the German Blitz was nothing to fuck with. Okay, yeah. England managed to hold out real good, but because they were on an island. Yeah, that probably has a lot to do with it. Yes, because uh, so basically America is ignoring Ho Chi Minh. And, and at some point it comes to this, 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 the DMZ. So the North, North Vietnamese is now communist held. And, and we don't want to fuck around like we did in Korea. So in, in Korea, essentially, we, we were trying to save the South, quote unquote. We pushed so far north. China kept saying, hey, like, back, back the off. fuck off. And we didn't. So then China backed up Korea, North Korea. And kicked our asses for quite a while. Mm. So we're trying to avoid that again. The communists are backing Ho Chi Minh because Ho Chi Minh can't get backed by, you know, he want, he wants independence. He wants Vietnam for the Vietnamese. Right. So we install this puppet government, blah, blah, blah. Things are supposed to be holding, but there is what's called the Gulf of Tonkin incident. And basically we antagonized artillery until they shot at us. And they're like, oh, it's an act of aggression. They shot at us. Look, mm -hmm. look, look out. Here we go. <clears throat> so here comes this this whole again we not officially declared war it's it's kind of like it's very much like what what went off on in Afghanistan without quite so high the casualty numbers because there's a lot less places to hide in the fucking desert than there are in the jungle <laughs> and but the the Vietnam I mean even then the Afghanistan in Afghanistan the Al Qaeda held out they just waited. They just mm -hmm. waited us out. And once we were gone, they took right over, which is exactly what happened in Vietnam, which, by the way, again, I will state as much as uh, Trump didn't have a, a an exit strategy, but what happened in Afghanistan is neither his fault nor Joe Biden's. It's George, it's George W. Bush's for getting into it in the fucking first place, because this was always what was going to happen. This is what happened to Russia. This was always what was going to happen when we right. invaded. This was always what was going to happen at some we point. We have the history, especially yes. now, because yeah. we have... Uh, Korea and Vietnam to be like, oh, this shit we try to pull doesn't not, work. Not, well, no, it worked really well in Korea. South Korea is an important ally, and South Korea is a is a major global power now. Right. Okay, and we have maintained we are, we still have a military presence in Korea. We maintain mm -hmm. that DMZ, okay, because otherwise North Korea would fuck shit. Right. Vietnam, however, and importantly, most importantly. The Soviet Union's attempt to hold Afghanistan. The same thing happened in the same place. <laughs> okay? Same players. Yeah. Same fucking thing. Stupid. So, rolling on into Vietnam. This is how everything gets started. And things continue to escalate. As I was talking about, I kind of went off on a tangent, but the reason why I brought this up about the, the not holding ground and giving up this ground, this is what is slowly exposing these... Um, soldiers to the fact that this is bullshit my homie just died to 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 get to gain this ground that you gave up and now you want my other homie to die to get, get it again back. yeah people are getting mad also there is an abundance of pot in vietnam you get pot from mama san or no. from whomever like the 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 north vietnamese army grows marijuana okay. so there's, there are fields of fields of everyone getting high. <laughs> yeah. There's marijuana everywhere. There is a plethora of, there's opium and heroin, China white heroin, which is quite fucking potent. Like my, my old man, which who, my old man never touched heroin, but he said that basically you needed a grain the size of the head of a pin. And you would, you would distill that you know cook that up as heroin as you would prepare heroin to shoot up mm -hmm. but literally the size of the head of a pin so so there are guys 
who had been doing heroin in the States and getting the shitty black tar mm. heroin that you needed a bunch of going over to Vietnam and shooting up Not and realizing overdosing. Yeah. This was more, more commonly something that went on in bases and stuff. You can't really shoot up when you're out in the jungle, right. but this is, this is a problem. Also, you have the resistance going on in the States. You have people's minds changing as they're experiencing psychedelics. Psychedelic use is coming out. LSD, by the way, at this time is still legal. LSD is changing everybody's mind. Drugs are changing people's minds. Or they're, they're challenging social mores. They're, they're, they're pushing all these boundaries. And you're put, these boundaries are being pushed. And, you know, there's this shit's going on in Vietnam. And it's happening to these guys out there as well. Um, a lot of people who had never even really known a black person's name, known a black person by name or suddenly shoulder to shoulder with them, making friends for the first time. It's, it was a big Vietnam. People don't realize how many things were pushed forward because of that as horrible as it was. Right. And, and again, uh, to, to my rambling point here of, of my empathy for the situation. Cause I grew up with my dad. Like my dad has not slept a night since he doesn't really sleep. And when he does sleep, he remembers it all again, just brand new, just like it was. He wakes up with the smell of burning bodies in his nose and he, it's just a non, it's like, it never stops. It doesn't end. And a lot of people, a lot of guys who were in Vietnam say the lucky ones were the ones that died over there. Because they got right. to die young and free. That seems uh, to be a running theme in uh, most of the wars, too. I know a lot of oh, really? uh, our friends uh, now oh, coming I bet. back from Afghanistan. Uh, like, survivor's guilt is a very real thing. Yes. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. And poorly equipped fighting force, despite the fact that we're like the great, we're supposed to be the greatest fighting force in the world. <laughs> there's not enough, you know, equipment. There's not, it's not the right equipment. Things are, things are done wrong. Things are, are battle plans and, and equipment is decided by somebody in the rear who has no idea what's, or people who aren't even in the country at all, mm -hmm. who have no idea what's going on. Right. It's always interesting. The idea of a military grade as being like a superior grade when pretty much, well, at least in America and our military, it's always been like the cheapest and fastest, however we can do it, the cheapest and fastest. So that we Not, can pay our yeah. contractors more and mm -hmm. the $738 billion yeah. defense spending bill we just did to pay for all this for the jets that we have that don't work right. And, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And the guys down at the bottom and there's, there's. And the guys at the bottoms, you know, at the end of the day, they needed just guns and ammo, and but we don't have the full country pumping away at it like we did during uh, World War II. Well, yeah, and you have the M16s that are jamming. You have a bunch of problems with equipment over there. The 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 wrong kind of stuff for the terrain. You're getting sea rats, which are um, food from from World War II, leftovers from World War II, in these right. disgusting fucking cans. Any and, and again. As we, as we say now, that, that huge defense spending contract would spend so much money on that. And there are veterans sleeping on the fucking streets. Mm -hmm. On the fucking streets. They're not taking care of... No, because they support the troops, not the veterans. No. They That's use them up and then they throw them away. And the Afghanistan and Iraqi veterans are doing... They're faring better, I would say, than the Vietnam veterans are. But they're still getting... They're still not getting treated right. Well, at least now we have more of an idea of mental health. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there is definitely a stigma yes. that we're just... We're still working on, like, just started working on of, like, overcoming that of, like, hey, instead of, like sweeping it on the rug or telling them to like, Oh, can you just like, we actually recognize and do something or trying to work something more. Trying beneficial. a little bit, a little better. Yeah. yeah. Then, Cause the Vietnam veterans. still don't know a lot of this stuff cause it's been so stigmatized. The, and the Vietnam veterans were treated like shit. Uh, mm -hmm. they, nobody liked them. They were, they were seen as, as killers. People would spit on them and call them baby killer. Just treated like fucking garbage by everybody, and again, not having those words, not having PTSD. What, what, you know, nobody knew what PT. There was no PTSD back then. It was then. called being a wuss and you know, get over yourself. Get your, get your shit together and go to work. Yeah. And my dad, like, he's got go from drink about it from that shit over there. He's got these these blisters on the bottom of his feet, and like every morning when he would wake up, he would have to all those blisters would break, and oh. he would have to put his shoes on and go to work every day in his boots with all those blisters on the bottom of his feet. And all, all fucked up from a government that will not acknowledge what they put him through. 
and yeah. oh god it's just it's a huge mess and so anybody to like having somebody make some kind of like look you're simping for the war machine it's like you have no you have no idea what you're fucking talking about no fucking clue what you're talking about you have no idea where this like it's so you can't be black and white on most anything but most especially on on something like I'm not saying the Vietnam in particular, but something like this, this kind mm -hmm. of situation, which it was, it was such a, a, a unique thing to have. It was such a unique time with everything going on and everything, the way everything went. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I'm sure all of them honestly are just that unique, but I, I'm not as. No, there was definitely just this whole culture shift. Yeah. Through the mid uh, 1900s of, you know, Blacks starting to get um, be able to actually be free. Uh, End of Jim the Crow, fights, yeah. Jim Crow, uh, the Mexican field workers starting to actually the Chicano rights movement, yeah. yeah. I mean, just the sixties and everybody was. It's, mm -hmm. it's again just kind of like it is now. Where everybody's like, no, uh, we're done. Come on. Right. My, one of my stories that I've shared on here that we actually got uh, cut off on because we were planning on doing a little weird thing with that. I'll share the story of my dad being missing in action. Okay, so. This is during the Cambodian incursion. We were not supposed to be in Cambodia, but uh, the Viet Cong obviously did not care about that. So the Ho Chi Minh Trail, which moved supplies to, to forces in South Vietnam, went in and out of Laos and Cambodia. So we are looking for the uh, the Cosvin, the, the the Central Operations Center for the, for the South Vietnam, where where the North Vietnamese um, army has their base of operations in South Vietnam. Okay. okay. We suspect it's in Cambodia. So we've been secretly bombing Cambodia, but we don't talk about that. This is the official uh, incursion into Cambodia. There's a stand down, which means you're all, you know, mm -hmm. it means what it sounds like. You're going to just chill for a second. As, as they gather up all these forces, they're going to go into Cambodia and dad describes it. It's like party time. You know, you're seeing all your friends. You're wandering around looking for your homies. And dad and all them are, of course, wandering around looking like a bunch of fucking crazy motherfuckers from the from the field. And this dude says something about like, hey, like, hey, soldier, like, where the where's your uniform at? And he's dad says something about it's up. It's up your ass or something like that. Well, this guy turns out I didn't have his little thing on. It's a colonel. <laughs> <laughs> so. The colonel's like, oh, son, you just volunteered to be the first person to go over into Cambodia. Right. So in this particular part, they went in through, I believe, through Parrot's Beak and Fishhook. They're both uh, uh, different places on the map. It's it's like the kind of, it's the way the the border is shaped. It looks like a Parrot's Beak or a Fishhook. And they went in different places. And actually, the first people over is the engineers. They make the bridge that goes over. But my mm -hmm. dad and his... Uh, track were the first ones over they go over into cambodia they go all uh they have a whole big old deal with with the with the cambodian forces or with excuse me with the communist forces in cambodia at the time which no one will admit to but my dad swears it happened and then they are given so in the military when you're given an order you continue to carry out that order until you are told otherwise okay mm -hmm. so when they tell you to go forward you go forward until they tell you to stop right well, no one told them to stop and their batteries for their fucking thing are dead. So it turns out that everybody else went home and they left my dad and his 12th homies behind out in, the... in Cambodia where there are communist forces everywhere. And when communist forces catch you, they will hang you from a tree and gut you for the dogs to eat your fucking intestines while you hang there for days and die. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not messing around. You don't want to fuck around with these guys. They're not just going to shoot you. They have, my dad and his homies have no ammo, so they just toss their guns. There's, there's no point in carrying these guns. You don't have ammo. This is not like a video game. You're not going to pick up some some ammo from a crate. Yeah. <laughs> they don't just have uh, random clips all throughout the forest. No, it's not like, ooh, a clip. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Thank you, clip. A clip. Oh, and, 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 and it's a, not compatible with the uh, other people's guns. So even No, if, <laughs> no. Uh, communist forces used, used AK-47, so yeah, they, it's exactly. not going to work. And... They're they're fucked, and they don't they don't even know which way to fucking go. They are oh, fucked, and they happen, thank God, to run into some Hmong people. The Hmong H M O N G. For those of you who are curious, 
are a nomadic tribe that go through right. Southeast Asia. So they go through Cambodia and Vietnam and, and they, they just, you know, they're, they're, they don't have a nationality as far as that go. They're a tribe. Right. So these, these Hmong men found dad and his guys and basically took them under their wing and snuck them back to the border of Vietnam by night because they can't move during the day. Right. And they have no, um, no malaria pills keeping them from getting malaria. You need your daily dailies. They don't have any of those. And they are, all have dysentery because they, they, all the, the parasites and all the water over there. And they can only eat fruit. And they're, they're basically sneaking back as they're... Um, no carbs, just uh, fruit acid and... Fruit acid and dysentery. So they're just shitting themselves the entire right. way. Just shitting. There's just shit down there. And they're sneaking back knowing that if they're discovered at any fucking second, it is over. And it is over in a bad fucking way. And all they want to do is get back. I mean, I'd said the most fucked up thing I've ever thought in my life. I just want to get back to Vietnam where I'm safe. Yeah. Which is a fucked up thing to think. And it took 10 days to get back. And when you're missing an action, usually what missing an action means is where you're dead and nobody has enough of you to prove that you're dead or nobody saw you die. There's no, you right. know, they, so they told my family that my dad was missing an action in some place they'd never heard of Phnom Penh. Couldn't find it on a fucking map and he's gone and they managed to get back. And I, I've even found it, it's operation rock pressure and it says 13 missing in action. And that's my dad. Oh, well. Yeah. My dad is stone local 13 and he came back and, uh, he I'll get to that in a second. And, and so he's only been gone 10 days, 10 days. Okay. So, and he, he, they get back, they've lost, they were already skinny as fuck. They've lost way more weight than is healthy for them. And then they were in the hospital for a while, but he didn't get to call home and tell them that he was alive for three months. So. Oh, so your family... They got rid of everything he owned because they couldn't take... The, my, my my grandmother could not bear it to be in the house. So right. they just got rid of everything that he owned. And his sister bought a car with his Vietnam money. All the money he, he'd saved in the, from Vietnam. They make it, they made him save so he... They made him put all of his money into the bank because he kept spending all his money on hookers. And... <laughs> Dennis. He kept going missing in action... Or not missing in action. He kept just disappearing and like going to Saigon and getting like he would he would pick up a boom boom girl and go to Saigon and just like check into a hotel room and stay there until he ran out of money and then he would just go like to the MPs and be like hey I'm not supposed to be here and they would give a ride back to where he was supposed to go <laughs> <laughs> so <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> so uh yeah. Oh, also, he did miss, though. I found a, a very interesting book that is written by a guy who was also in the the first, the fifth mechanized infantry. He was in a different unit than my dad, but he talks about going back and, like, the, they afterwards they had, like, another stand down. They were at their little fire base. They got to hang out Camp Fresnel Jones. And when you were out in the bush every day you're out, you earned a beer. And like, so you, you got back and there'd be a ton of beer and barbecue and all kinds of shit. But this was for the dudes who were in the fucking bush. This is for the actual people who went out there and put their fucking ass in the line. Right. And all those hard motherfuckers who aren't going to give up their gun. Right. Mm -hmm. Like sitting there making sure, you know, keeping an eye out for. For the reps. Yeah. So yeah. Look, okay. Yeah, yeah. Doing, they did the job. So the reps, the rear echelon motherfuckers. One of them comes over and he wants some of the barbecue and shit. They go, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking rent. Like, you didn't do anything. You've been sitting in a base. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, you haven't done shit. Get the fuck out of here. And he came back with a fucking weapon and he murdered three of those, like, two or three of those guys. Wow. Who They, ju they just survived that shit and they get murdered by that. Jeez. And then another story in the book that from that guy, he wasn't there. He hurt. He was uh, doing a pay. They had to, they changed your... Um, military money out every month to avoid black market shit. So they change like what color it is when they, okay. when they give it out to you. And um, he was doing a money change thing when he heard the explosion. So what the Viet Cong had done is they had gotten an unexploded bomb from a, from a B-52 bomber, a big ass fucking okay, like yeah. a bomb. They snuck it from wherever the fuck that I'm assuming <laughs> from North Vietnam, wherever the fuck they snuck it from, or maybe from Cambodia. And they, and they buried it in the road. So it wasn't oh, small yeah. enough for just, it wasn't, uh, a, a person wouldn't set it off. 
but a track, a, a APC, which is right. what my dad and his friends rode around in, would set it off. So they, these guys were short timers, which means they have very little time left. And in Vietnam, it was considered that a short timer's life was worth more than a, a new guy, a FNG, a fucking new guy, right. because uh, if it, one, if you get killed at, at the beginning, good for you, because you, you at least don't have to go through this. And, and, you know, you're almost about to go home. Yeah, so they, you, everyone wants to go home. That's the goal you're all, of all the guys. So if you're if you're a short timer, you're about to go. Yeah, and they, and everyone wants to get you home to your family, to yeah, your kids. Get the fuck like, out of here, man. Like go. No one wants to die on the last day. Yeah. like on the airplane. After you went through all through this, yeah. you, nobody wants to pull a star, uh, a Colonel Henry Blank. Ooh, Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blank. Henry Blank. Henry Blake. No one wants to pull a Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake. That's a mash joke. You don't get that either, do no. you? Mash. I don't know. Yeah. He he finally gets to go home, and then and then radar comes into the in the in the OR, and they're like, "Radar, put on a mask." I've seen this a million times. He's like, "Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan. It spun in. There were no survivors." And I'm like, "No!" And I start crying every time. It kills me. It's, I'm crying right now. I so much I yeah. love Mash. The first three seasons of Mash are amazing. Anything without Trapper John and and Henry Blake sucks. But especially <laughs> without Frank Burns. Frank Burns is amazing. Anyway, um. Another oh so this they they drive over this and they're just they, they were vaporized basically they drive over this bomb and these oh, these geez. guys the whole the whole track everything just vaporized Gone. my dad's right behind him too jeez mm -hmm. yeah so we managed to bullshit our way through the bullshit episode this is this is AKA the bullshit episode and we hope you've enjoyed it thank you for listening to another episode we really appreciate your patronage Eric you want to close this out. Yeah, let me see if I can uh, channel my inner Casey here and pull this uh, thing out. Um, thank you for watching the show. We would like to thank our friend Juan Solo for uh, our intro, intro and outro, outro tune. You can find him at twitchtv.com uh, or no, <laughs> twitchtv.tv slash Juan Solo 916. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, me, producer Eric, with uh, Unlikely Legends Media. Uh, you can find all of our uh, social media links, Patreon, uh, on our website at thedeeperdarkervarietyshow.com. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can contact us anytime at the Deeper Darker Variety. No, at the Deeper Darker Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Deeper Darker Podcast at gmail.com. And I put a the in there, and that was not correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bullshit. Goodbye. Bye.